1: you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword PARTNER.
2: And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day.
0: Paul looking for the screen
3: and fires for three and hits Paul for three. He's hit two Paul has to force one. And quarter tourner Chris Paul. three threes in the third quarter. got top to five. Here's Paul running off Looney. And score. Chris Paul it again as he did in game four. Chris Paul, that shot, that the third one Marv described there when he was damn near falling down. Yeah. And they made that three uh, when they really had him off balance, uh, leaning backwards. And that was the game right there. Didn't you think? I mean, that when he made that one, all of a sudden you yeah. said they're going to win this game. Uh, was fantastic player last night. I heard some of the game on the radio last night, uh, and uh, Hubie was on. And Hubie, I love
0: Hubie.
3: Hubie said, "You are watching one of the uh, the greatest player as at his position in the history of our game." Although, you're listening on the radio, he, said. <laughs>
0: uh, but he was I love Hubie, man. You know, Hubie, you know,
3: one thing about Hubie, he's not a guy that sits down and says, who am I going to praise today? And he was He's going to tell it like it is, man. He was all over how wonderful Chris Paul was last night. And after a very mediocre first half, basically won the game for him in the second half, unfortunately— uh, popped a hammy with uh, a minute ago or so, and uh, he's not going to play game six. I don't think he'll play again in this series. But uh, it's, uh, it is it is a, a lethal team with him and Harden when they're both yeah. clicking. It's just unusual to me how often, how seldom they're both clicking. It seems like it's one or the other, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, it does. And, and I think D'Antoni has, mm-hmm. he developed sort of a... a a rotation of who's where, carrying the game yeah well and, and he's i think he wanted to set it up to where at least one of them is on the floor yes. all the time and one of them at, got at the all ball times. all the time right exactly here's so, what i gotta
3: ask you what iso is supposed to be out right yeah the iso game is supposed to be out now this is a different kind of open court uh fine guys iso but These guys are running it more than anybody in history.
0: Yeah, and they figured, I mean, I think D'Antoni figures, okay, I've got two really good ball-handling, playmaking guards, Harden and Paul. And the other team is not going to have two good defenders. And and I'm just going to put two other guys that can shoot, Ariza Mm -hmm. and Tucker, put them out in the perimeter, and then I got one guy, Clint Capella, who can roll to the basket on a pick-and-roll, and and it works. It's it's effective for them, and you just let Harden or Paul, one of them, just dribble the air out of the Mm -hmm. ball and... Let them figure out what they're going to do. Can they beat Golden State without Chris Paul? Though, in all honesty, I think they can, but it's going to be really, really, really tough. And and I think the last these last two games that Golden State has lost, they've really been out of character. They're not playing the type of basketball that they typically have played, where there's a lot of ball movement. They've been playing a lot of ISO basketball, and that's not that's not how they they operate. Hmm. Uh, and so I think game six, they're going to wake this up. This is not this. how
1: they basketball.
0: No. Just, just, just not.
3: turned 33, Chris Paul. 33. Of course, uh, first came into prominence at Wake Force. Uh, and yeah, you got they had Tim Duncan from 1993 to 1997. And five years later, they got Chris Paul, yeah. one of the most highly recruited guards in the country. Skip Prosser was the coach that got uh, got Chris Paul in mm. there. He's By the way, I looked him up. He's dead. Really? Died a few years ago. Yeah, huh. very young, fifty-six years old. Hmm. But uh, he was, of course, at Wake Forest. Stayed two years. In his uh, in his final game of the year as a sophomore, he punched uh, North Carolina State uh, Julius Hodge in the groin and received a one-game suspension for the ACC tournament. That became a huge cloud yeah. on him forever. I remember that. Oh, I yeah. forgot about oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and if he. Punched a Duke guy in the groin. I could see it. But uh, the fact there was an NC State guy.
0: Julius Hodge. I do remember Julius Hodge.
3: But it's amazing. Four years later, I don't know. That guy, he punched that guy in the
1: groin. I was one of those people. I did not. Because because he also
3: not only punched him, he sucker
1: punched him in the groin. Well, if
3: you're going to punch a guy in the groin. Don't let him know it's coming. He's going to go like this. You don't want him to go like this. Well,
0: Draymond did it a couple of years yeah. ago. Got him suspended for a game in the yeah, NBA. Well, finals. He's,
3: he's made his act of contrition now. It was in uh, 2004. So uh, we are 2005. So uh, we can forgive him all these years. He was the uh, fourth overall pick in uh, 2005. Of course, he was involved in that whole... He's traded the Lakers and the oh, league would like right. the yep. New Orleans Hornets trade him to the Lakers. He ended up with the Clippers. Uh, comes to Houston. Why did they not allow that trade to go through? Was it they viewed as
0: they, a, they thought the, it was because the, the league the league had taken over ownership because the the Hornets right. were in that's flux right. with ownership and everything and before they, Tom they, Benson they, bought the they team.
3: They were sick of hearing all this stuff about the big markets get all the players and then they let him go to the Clippers, yeah. but. Uh, uh, anyway, he's a fantastic player and probably is one of the greatest point guards of all time. Too bad oh, yeah. he got hurt here. And uh, is he
1: going to re sign? Because I know he only had the one
0: year left. I think he'll re yeah.
1: sign with the Houston.
0: Yeah, he's okay. probably going to, he's probably, he's eligible for a supermax. They can probably give him
3: what, uh, close what to is $200 million it, uh, somebody, for. Wow. Yeah, well, Cat uh, can get 188 This guy can yep. get even more.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. What? Chris Paul could get it? close to 200 for five years or whatever it is. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, good for him. He's also the president of the NBA Players Association and has been since 2013. So I uh, must be well respected by his. Uh,
0: yes. And he and uh
3: When he he's and done LeBron. playing, you know what I'd do? If he's done playing, if mm-hmm. I was to... Punch him in the groin? No, I'd be the. <laughs> if I was the NFL, I'd hire him as the head of my Players
0: Association. <laughs> anyway, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to point out, too, that he and LeBron really, 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 really tight. Oh, are really really? Close. Oh yes, oh, nice. very very close. Well,
3: he's got a pretty good marketing guy. That the,
0: the LeBron, the other,
3: the brother, Chris Paul's brother, on the ads. LeBron, with.
0: Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, and Dwayne Wade. They're all they called the banana boat. That's their that's their crew. That's their clique. They're, Car- they're all very very very. Carmelo's
3: got to cool it, man. Somebody ripped him on. Somebody ripped him last night about compared. I don't know some player with him, and he comes back on. Twitter, or Instagram, or something. Oh, I think uh, it
0: was, I think it was, uh... Defending was himself.
3: He, the type of year he had. I think it was like
0: just... Kyle Corver or somebody. somebody oh, compared somebody him compared, him compared it with Kyle Carver. Yeah, and yeah,
3: he took that as an offense. He yeah. took that well, as
0: an it's like, Melo, you're not that good anymore. No, 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 but when we make the trade... <laughs>
3: You're, you're all in on Wiggins that, aren't you? and Georgie for Stephen Adams, and we'll take Mellow for a year. That's the deal.
1: <laughs> uh, we got a breaking trade that involves your opponent tonight for the Minnesota Twins. How about this? Okay. The Seattle Mariners have just acquired closer Alex. Is it Column? Uh, the Tampa Colum Bay Rays? Colum, Colum A. Colum
3: A from uh, Tampa. Huh?
1: And Denard Spann wow. is going in that trade. Mm. Well,
3: you know what that is? They're paying him 11, and they wanted to get rid of him.
1: Mm-hmm. You can uh, have
3: con- if you take Denard, now we get our payroll down under sixty million. It
1: looks like the Rays are gonna receive a couple of minor league pitchers in yeah. return. So Tampa's
3: five hundred. They're oh. hanging in there and they're still dumping. They were they spent all spring trying to get rid of Span. I think he's making eleven.
1: Yes. Wow. And because uh, he was that, part of the Longoria this trade, was that's all, right. This
3: was all they
1: would this is just it's to get rid of Denard. Dumb. Yeah. Just this hour. Wow. So they're giving up one of the best closers in baseball. <laughs> Holy cow to do that. Unbelievable. Well,
3: not as good as ours, man. That's right. The the crooked hat guy is rolling, baby. He is throwing it good. We'll be back. our personal motor sports expert. Uh, Talk to him about the Indy 500 here. Jordan, 93 and sunny on uh, Sunday. Uh, Doesn't look like we're going to get the usual rain at Indianapolis. What does 93 degrees with sun mean to the track
4: down there? Well, it means it could probably be the hottest Indy 500 on record, which is central considering this race has been going on for 100 plus years. 102 years, yeah and it's going to be challenging. I mean, it's going to be a slick track. There's going to be the tires are going to not have a lot of uh grip because they're going to give out a lot. Uh drivers are going to be tested. The drivers who have or who physically fit and are tested, um they're probably going to excel in this kind of conditions. It is going to be a challenge and I think it's going to be a kind of a separator a little bit between who who is up for the task of racing 500 miles in Indianapolis in these conditions and those who are not.
3: Yeah, uh do they uh with the with the tires do you do you only get so many changes do they have to come and change more often uh with that kind of heat or not
4: yeah I mean you get a certain a lot of the tires. I think at Indianapolis it's nine or ten so I mean it's not a it's, yeah, not, a it's small not an number. issue right yeah it's not an issue I mean you easily manage it but you do have to be smart about it doesn't it mean unlike you, in years past we've seen this race kind of just basically these guys and gals just stand on it and just go, and it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot like Eton or Taldig on the NASCAR side of things, where they have to be a little bit smarter, probably on something. They've got to kind of pick their spots and say, you know what, hey, we can't race really hard here because we got to manage our tires.
3: And uh, how, how dangerous does it become if it's uh, if you're uh, on those corners if you're slip? It doesn't take much of a slip to hit that wall when you're hitting when you're heading for the uh, the finish line.
4: No, not at all. I mean, today in practice, they ran 227. In the race conditions and in a pack and everything, you're probably going to be right around 220, give or take a little bit. Uh, like you said, it doesn't take much. And the walls are right there. It, it you know, The car jarts, jarts on you a little bit. All of a sudden, you don't have control and you can end up in the wall. We've seen this happen before. We saw a couple bad accidents last year in this race. We, we've seen accidents in this race other times. So, you, you have to be careful. You have to be smart. You've got to kind of pick and choose your spots. I might be wrong about this, but from watching uh, quite
3: often and uh, quite for a long periods, it always seems that the last turn, not the last turn of the race, but the last turn on the track is where those guys do a little slide and go bang. Yeah. I mean, Why is it's that? that? It's not any
4: different than the other turns, is it? No, it's not. It, it's just it, you know, last turn of the track. It, it, the sun is a little bit more prevalent there, so it gets a little bit hotter, a little oh. bit slicker. And because it, it's the last corner, and, you know, whether it's coming to a caution flag or coming to the last part of the race, you're going to see a lot of people be more aggressive because that is an opportunity to make passes.
3: How unusual is this track uh, for, uh, because of the corners?
4: It's unusual. I mean, you can carry a lot of speed. I mean, in a lot of respects, you're almost, you're not flat footed all, all around the track, but you, you can, you don't have to hit the brakes. So you can just carry so much speed around the track. It is the fastest track in any car. I mean, they, they're running, you know, and down the straightaways, they're hitting 230. And when you do that and you can carry that well because it's so flat and it allows you to carry that, that, that speed, it sets up other opportunities around the racetrack, but it also creates a lot of opportunities for danger as well.
3: How many, uh, ovals are these guys running now here in, uh, Texas? And how many others? They aren't running many, are they?
4: Yeah, up and up ahead. I mean, you've got Gateway in St. Louis. You've got Phoenix. You, you've got Pocono. So the, the Texas, as you said, Patrick, Indianapolis, I think there's five or six altogether. There's not a much. I mean, it's not as many as there used to be. It's a predominantly road course and street course circuit now. So when you're running at a track like Indianapolis, it is an adjustment. The only other oval they've ran this year is at Phoenix, which is a one mile oval and is vastly slower than what you're going to see on Sunday.
3: Hey, uh, uh, Jordan Bianchi's with us. Jordan, uh, the, the guys were asking why is Danica, why, why doesn't she just come back and race with these uh, people? It's not as busy of a schedule, there's a lot of travel and stuff, but she was uh, more successful in IndyCar than she was in uh, NASCAR.
4: Without a question. I mean you know, there's people that tell you if Danica would have stayed in IndyCar, she would have be been a multi time winner in the series. She you know, she'd be in championship contention. She in you know, one year she finished fifth in the standings. Um but in terms of money and notoriety, yeah. there isn't that there isn't the same popularity in this series as there is in NASCAR. So for her it was about building your brand and about going and what can you do to you know, maximize your, your marketing potential. And that's on the NASCAR side of things. And if her, you're her, you, maybe there is some second guessing saying, hey, if I would have stayed here, maybe I'd have been more successful. Because being the first female driver to win the Indianapolis 500, that is something that, that carries through. Even though this isn't NASCAR, this is still the Indy 500. It's a big deal. It's going to be interesting. She's going to have a really good chance on something to do well. And if she can have a good finish or even win the race, it's going to be interesting to see what she does. Going forward, I don't think we're done seeing her race <laughs> at Indianapolis, despite what she says.
3: Yeah, Aaron Rodgers' girlfriends usually get sick of them anyway. Uh, third, uh, third row, she's in though, right? She's in the yeah. third row, so she yeah. she qualified
4: well. Yeah, she's done really well. I mean, she acclimated herself really well. Initially, she was she was a little slow to get up, but I mean, it was an acclimation process. You're going from bulky, heavy stock cars that are really hard to control to an Indy car, which is very nimble and a lot of speed and really a driver has more input, and she has gradually gotten better and better, and she qualified well. She's practiced well. She was eighth today on the speed chart, which is the last practice day before Sunday's race. The one thing I will say about this, though, is we haven't seen her run in traffic, and like I said, these races are really kind of like again and Daytona on the NASCAR side. You see a lot of drafting, a lot of side-by-side racing. It's going to be interesting to see what she does when she gets in those conditions. She hasn't really practiced that yet.
3: Tony George's uh, campaign uh, when he uh, caused the split years ago, what are we, 20 years removed from that at least now? Yeah, 1996. That was the first year, so we're 20, 22 years. 22 years removed from
4: it was uh, basically wanted to get rid of the foreigners. That hasn't exactly worked out, has it? No, I mean, the (laughs) the irony with Tony George's decision to try to make this all-American NASCAR NASCAR car-style series was the fact that the series that they have now is basically the series that he split away from. And in the process, he basically ruined all the momentum, all the positivity <laughs> that the IndyCar series had. Because back then, they had television ratings. They had attendance figures that rivaled NASCAR, and they were neck and neck. And then when IndyCar basically imploded, it allowed NASCAR to go to this higher level and really set the pace. It allowed them to open the door for NASCAR to become this big, you know, monopoly. And IndyCar's never recovered. And uh, But the,
3: uh, as a one-off, uh, the Indy 500 uh, probably still... Uh, Next to Daytona, the number one race in the country? I, mean, I wouldn't even make a case it's
4: probably bigger than Daytona right now. I mean, there was, there was a time period a few years ago when Daytona had bigger television ratings. They had higher attendance. That's no longer the case. IndyCar, the Indy 500 is still a marquee attraction. It's, it's returned to the luster it once had. It, it, television ratings, I mean, they're going to have 300,000 people there on Sunday. Yeah. This is a big, big deal. Okay,
3: uh you have been a uh, uh a journalistic professional for uh, a number of years. Did you ever go down there just to uh get party at party and pass out across the street with
4: uh with the other youth of America? Did you ever party down there? I have not partied, but I will say this. I have been at the track at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning, and I have witnessed what people are like when they party the night before. And (laughs) Indianapolis Sports Radio has got this cannon that goes off at 6 a.m., and I don't know why that is, but it's this tradition. (laughs) That thing goes off, and it wakes people up who have had stupors the night before, and the reaction on their face is priceless.
3: (laughs) Well, it is. uh, As I was saying, I had some uh, newspaper buddies who, uh, when I covered it three, four times, I'd stay down through like Tuesday, come home Wednesday morning, and, dry, and fly back on Sunday morning rather than pay four hundred dollars a night someplace because you could get all your stuff in the notebook anyway. But uh, I had some buddies who said, "Man, you can't do it that way. You got to come and watch these people act like crazy people." So
4: I mean, they've done a really good job, and I'll give them credit for this. Is they've made it more than just a race. I mean, on Sunday, for example, they're going to have a concert in the middle of the racetrack that people—they're going to have 30,000 people. That are going just for this concert they don't care that the race is going on they don't even see the race they just there for this concert they've done a really good job of making this a bigger event than just a simple car race well uh who's uh who's really good well, the Team Penske guys, Team Penske's got four drivers this year, and they've looked very, very strong. Uh, Joseph is the one guy to keep on. He's kind of the next great American driver. He's the defending series champion. He's the guy to keep on. He's never won the 500. He's come close before. That's one guy to keep on. And I would take Danica too, because, you know, she's done well in this race before. She's finished third. She's finished fourth. She has an affinity for this race tag. Now, asking, thinking that she's going to win this race might be a little bit much, but I, I do think that she's going to be in contention when it comes down to it.
3: Hey uh they they don't have to worry right now about uh, people that uh, they're good young you're good drivers running off to uh, NASCAR either do they
4: no, not anymore. I mean, that's kind of dried up and NASCAR's got its own issue. So the well there is no longer. But, you know, IndyCar's done a good job of trying to, you know, basically not trying to compete with NASCAR. They've become their own entity and, and saying, you know, we're comfortable with who we are. We know that, you know, we can't challenge NASCAR, but we do have this great race in the 500. It's not something to build around. And they've done a good job with that.
3: So, uh, what's, uh, what's the latest have you heard on the, uh, France's, uh, maybe
4: moving the product there? Do you think that might happen? There's a lot of smoke. Um, we've heard these rumors for a long time, but I will say that this is more substantiated than ever before. And the people that I trust have told me that there is a really good chance that the Francis do cash out to some extent. Now, I, I've been told that they're not going to sell the entire 100% stake they own in NASCAR, but don't be surprised if they sell a minority interest in that stake and, and then allow someone to come in and maybe get their feet wet and then maybe a few years down the road, maybe then they end up buying NASCAR. I do think these rumors are true. People I trust have said that this is true. Uh, I think by the end of the year, I think we're going to see another co-owner of NASCAR. Now, to what degree, I'm not sure. Do they
3: need a more modern thinker, or are they okay in the uh, executive offices?
4: I, I think a more modern thinker is probably a great way to, to, to look at the situation. They need someone to come in from outside, not someone who's been born and bred in this sport, who, who's kind of ingrained in how they think, this group thinks, so to speak. They need someone with fresh ideas, with new perspective. And really a new uh, uh, a way to look at the new age media that's out there and say, how can we maximize this? And I think NASCAR has been very flexible and very open to new ideas over the last few years, but it is still very much a groupthink sport. And, and the people that have run the sport for the last 15, 20 years are still very much in control, and I think it's time for a change.
3: You know, you go back to uh, when uh, 20 years ago when the NHL hired Gary Bettman away from the NBA and the Canadians went crazy and the old-timers went crazy, and for years they mm-hmm. booed the living half. House- hell out of them, but now you turn and look around, and now while the NHL is uh, still number four among the major sports, it's uh, probably stronger than it's ever been, and uh, I think uh, maybe NASCAR needs a guy like that who's been successful elsewhere in sports.
4: I agree 100%. I mean, you look at what Garrett Gary has done. I mean, Las Vegas, Tampa Bay, these are markets where you wouldn't think that are hotbeds for hockey, but they have become hotbeds for hockey, and I think that's the same way as NASCAR You need someone to come in and say, yeah, I know this is how you've done it for years and years but we're going to try it this way. And I think, frankly, NASCAR is kind of stale. It's boring. It's really had this tried-and-true approach for decades and decades. You need to get rid of that. You need to have someone come in and say, you know what, we're going to blow this thing up and basically start from scratch. There are some positives within the sport, absolutely. But for too, long, for too many years now, we're going on our second decade, NASCAR's had attendance issues. They have television issues. And they need someone to come in there and say, you know what, I've got a plan to try to correct this. And I think that's a good thing. How about 30 races instead of 36? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's part of it. Is NASCAR for too long has had this approach of we have to be loyal to the people that help us, got us here. And because of that, they have too many races at too many tracks. Um, that frankly don't deserve them. And they have a thirty-six race schedule which runs from mid February to mid November. That's ridiculously long. Thirty races is good. Twenty-five races is good. You have to figure out a way how to make it, you know, less is more is my motto. And I will say this is you have to figure out a way too is to get out of the way of the NFL because NASCAR's ratings for the most part are okay in the summertime when they're not competing against any big sports or sporting events. But when you start going against college football and the NFL, they're getting trounced and you have to get away from it. If you end your season Early September, right around Labor Day, that would not be a bad thing. Uh, Jordan, thanks for your time, sir. We'll talk to you again. Have a good uh,
3: Memorial Day weekend. Thanks, Pat. All right, uh, Jordan Bianchi, uh, who uh, has helping us out on motorsports here for several years, we shall return. Now that's not the Beach Boys. That's Jan and Dee. That's right. That's Jan and D. All right, uh, it's the holiday weekend. We're trying to get everybody in the mood. Randy from Cottage Grove. <laughs> Usually he's just an NFL expert, but he called uh, Phil and Judd today to uh, give some hints as to how to celebrate the Memorial Day weekend. And he gave also his secret Wapa Tui recipe which he was reluctant to give. But uh, Randy from Cottage Grove, helping you out as you plan your Memorial Day weekend.
5: Randy in Cottage Grove, what's going on, man?
2: Oh, well, hey, uh, just, you know, thinking about some things here, uh, uh, you know, as we, as we start to look forward to, uh, you know, sort of training camp and things. You know, I wondered if you guys had any thoughts on the, kind of the new look nickel package we're going to be rolling out there. Uh, this year, you know, I really uh, You know really
5: what? The nickel package sounds, yeah, it's going to be super, super important. Jeb would agree even to, the is. nickel package is huge, but oh, yeah, uh, not to not to interrupt your thread here, because training camp is coming up very quickly here in like two months, but uh, we saw that you tweeted earlier today and we need to know how is it possible that you're going to spend $500 on liquor for one barbecue this weekend?
2: But, well, I just, I already did first of all so I, I do, I just, I just got done at the liquor store. And, uh, I do it every year. You know, it's a big, uh, we do what, what's called a wing ding. You know, I kind of get some, uh, we get some wings. We do some barbecue. We do a little dry rub. We do some, uh, buffalo. And, uh, it's really fun. A lot of people have a, have a really good time. But, uh, yeah, you know, that's, uh, the grocery store probably spend about, you know, 110 bucks on, uh, on food. And then we, we cruise over to the liquor store and drop a, <laughs> so, we're, Sort of a half dime, as the kids say, on uh, on liquor. We really, we really do do it right.
5: Uh, well, I, I need to know. If, uh, if, and Judd is a liquor store connoisseur here. Yeah. Well, what does five hundred dollars get you at the liquor store? And uh, and and what do you what, what do you all do with your with your liquor?
2: Like, how- well, okay. First of all, you got to have a game plan. Okay. number one, stock the coolers. That's the first thing in every barbecue. You know, and I don't mess around with those small ones. We got big chest coolers, okay? They're full of ice. I put about 200 pounds of ice across all these coolers. Really keep it cold throughout the entire weekend. And then on Monday, those beers are ready to roll. Okay, so we're probably doing... I probably did. I think today I got five cases of the Chuggers, of course, like the big ones, wow. 15 ounces. Okay, they're going to be ready to go. And then some of these guys like this craft beer. I'm not into that, but I did get a couple six-packs of that kind of stuff for people who like that. You know, we'll do wine coolers, bottles and James, uh, kind of a favorite of ours. They still saw that? Awesome. Well, I, I know how to find it, sure. You just got to know where to look. And then, uh, then you know, of course, you got to have a hard liquor bar always, you know. So if some people like to show up early. We'll do m- uh, mimosas, mm-hmm. screwdrivers, bloodies, and micheladas for them. Mm. Uh, and then uh, kind of over in the corner, I I, I have a big old barrel of uh, my famous Wapatoohi. Oh, you have a WAP? Oh, yeah. oh, Oh, you what? You got to uh... have a, a WAP, oh. Jeff. If you're going to be throwing a big a big wing ding and it's going to be hot and sunny, the WAP is a secret weapon. WAP
5: Everclear? Weapon. Yeah, what goes into the WAP? Everclear, I thought, Randy.
2: No, I don't. I'm don't. i not going to share the recipe. My, I guarantee you, you have my WAP. It's the best WAP you'll ever have. Guaranteed. Why can't
5: you share the recipe? I think our listeners would love to know what Randy and Cottage Gove
2: puts into his WAP. How many folks are listening, uh, roughly?
5: Oh, stadiums not- full of people. All okay, kinds of people well, I'll tell you what I'll or no, you or what, nobody, you, depending on what I'll, gets you to I'll share give, the recipe I'll
2: give you a little flavor, okay I'll give you a little flavor we're we are we are scooping out scoops from cantaloupes and honeydews, okay, and muskmelons, okay, and watermelon, okay, a lot of melon because that stuff will really soak up the juice, okay, mm. I sometimes put some strawberries in there, maybe some orange slices, although I kind of randy oh, Randy gets kind of lazy these days, I don't like to peel those oranges, so you put all that stuff in, you got a big old trash barrel that's what I put it in, okay. And then I you start out. to dump in the you start to dump in the bottles, okay. You start to dump in Everclear, okay. You start to dump in Captain, okay. And then I even do a secret thing. I put a couple of handles of Malibu in there, okay. Kind of keeps people guessing, and they go, "What's going on with uh, with this?" And it, it, it really gets you there in a hurry. And I'll tell you what: you have two, three cups of this wop. You ain't driving home from my park, and I will take your keys, okay. That's good. Your keys. I will take your keys, and I will. One one year, I had to flush a guy's keys down the toilet. It was the only way I was going to get them to not leave my party. And then we, we had to call the city and kind of go down to the sanitation spot. And that's that's another story for another day. But I ain't going to give you the full recipe. I'll just say this. Secret ingredient in that wok, brown sugar, and then an extra bottle of 99 bananas. And that's the secret weapon. You start to get a little bananas foster taste on the tail end of it. And I'll tell you this, by, by about 1.30 or 2 on Monday, our whole entire party is going to be one of the loudest, one of the rowdiest parties in Cottage Grove. And and, and people know it, and we start shooting off fireworks, and they say, Randy, wait till the 4th. Uh-uh. Nope, we're going to start shooting them off on Monday. And on Tuesday, nobody's going into work, I'll tell you that right now. So uh, have a kick-ass weekend, guys, and I, I hope, to, uh, hope to call you a little, a little later next week when I get my wits about me.
3: <laughs> well, Randy from Cottage Grove with his hard to uh, beat uh, wapatui. Uh, he never recipe. disappoints. I don't. I, I had never heard of Wapatooie until today. Yeah, so. we made but, one.
1: I was telling Kenny. We made one in college because it's a, you know it's a fundraising effort okay. to pay your rent and but whatnot. It's, it's
3: kind of like the booyah of booze. Yeah, is that what it basically, is? Yes, yes. That's exactly what it is. Okay, and. Uh, but you do just put it in a big container, and usually you use
1: like a cooler or something that's uh, got a spout on and it.
3: And then does people just put their hands in it with? Well, the, that's the why you use a spout so you can pour oh, it into a have cup. A spout, yeah. yeah. He's putting his in a trash barrel, though. He said, "Yeah, uh, that's I, so. I hope we're not." Uh, uh, but anyway, Randy, uh, I think he parties on Memorial Day, and then after that, it's all football, right? Oh, all got, fall you know, football yeah, all the time. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all right. Hey, thank you for the Beach Boys and Jan and Dean for helping us out today as our musical guests. Those were tough negotiations.
1: And to get them on such short notice on a holiday
3: weekend. It was uh, fantastic. (laughs) I did not start negotiating with them until about noon today. (laughs) I think a fine selection. So I heard a little, I think our little 3 o'clock hit that we do that's a highlight from, uh, generally speaking, from the morning show. The, no, the the morning morning show, right? Goli- 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 go go Goli- Wingo. I'm laughing. Yep. At and, generally
1: speaking, uh, like. <laughs> generally speaking, no,
3: it's a highlight, but it's not always from their show, right? Th- or is it always? I, from think, their it show? I think it usually is. is. I, I don't know. I heard Levitard talk Oh, maybe a, not. Then okay. A couple of month ago or so about how they they wanted because oh. they didn't have a highlight from the uh, they didn't have a highlight from the. Uh, morning show that okay. they wanted him to say something topical and he <laughs> they couldn't really come up with something. Did he have a good one lately or what? No, you just reminded me of something I want to play through but continue okay. your thought. Here's my thought. Wingo was talking about how Kevin Durant made a bad play down near the end and now Kevin Durant carried him through the playoffs last year and it's up to Kevin Durant to show up in game six and take over the game. Why? It's the NBA. What if Stephon Curry decides to take over the game? I mean, right. I love these NBA hot takes. I where we, hot. We isolate some guy, and this is the reason. You know, James Harden, I love James Harden's response yesterday. They said, you know, you're not making your threes. Uh you know are you going to change them? You aren't making your 3s you're 0 for your last 20 and he said so what? Yeah, he's <laughs> got to keep, keep shooting. shooting. I'm going to keep shooting. He has to. And they said especially now. And they said uh well uh, is there something you can change and he said no. I no. uh, I'm going to shoot the ball. Basketball because there's only 5 of them out there and you and your stars play Thirty-eight out of forty-eight minutes or more in the playoffs. Or Forty-five if it's yeah. Tibbs. Yeah, in the playoffs <laughs> we we don't know yet, but uh, haven't been in the playoffs long enough to tell. But <laughs> basketball has got the tiebreaker that I keep mentioning. You got goaltending, you have pitching, and you have making shots. Yeah. If you're not making shots, you're gonna lose. You can lose, right? Yeah. You can lose, and right now. Harden is not making shots. That does not mean that that he's choking. It does not mean that he's not the NBA uh, the MVP of the league this year. Right. It's not that Durant is suddenly stupider and not as effective as he was last year when he was the dominant player in the playoffs. It's just basketball. Sometimes and the shots go in. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes the other team plays. Really good defense, like Houston's playing now.
0: And the other thing too with Golden State, since they've started this run, even the couple of years before they got Durant, this is by far and away the best opponent that they've faced yes. since they since Steve Kerr got there and they started winning championships and everything. This is by far and away been their biggest test.
1: What do you got outside of them losing to the Cavs.
0: Yeah, but even but this Rockets team is Is better than that Cavs team.
1: All right, so I mentioned this to you guys when you were doing the live broadcast last week for the Courage Kenny auction uh remember the laurel and yanni controversy what you were hearing <laughs> yes, online yes,
3: yes. Okay. and
1: they played a little trick on our guy charles yes where they played a different sound bite in his ear as yes. opposed to everybody else He's donut right yeah here's donut. here's a did i i haven't played this for you guys yet, have I, I haven't heard it okay but i heard about it it's pretty funny it's yeah. about 45 seconds ready first of all please play it laurel laurel, uh, Track, laurel. what
0: did you hear I heard them both combined, but I'm, I'm just going to just go with Yanny. You heard Yanny? I heard Laurel. I heard what Laurel. You, what did you hear, I heard Chuck? Laurel. I thought I heard Donut. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. No, I done. swear to you, I thought I heard Donut. <laughs> you're the first one. You're the Yanny, first one. You're Laurel, you got the first one Laurel, and you got Donut. I thought I heard Donut. Seriously. <laughs> I'm not joking. Chuck, you hungry? Uh, no, <laughs> I thought, No. I swear. Let me no listen to one say, more time. Here, right, here we go. Laurel. Y'all don't hear Donut? <laughs> I hear, I hear I, Laurel. I, I don't hear I hear Laurel. I hear Laurel. I don't hear, I hear Laura. Well, Laura. I I, you. I hear Laurel. I must be. I just okay. said Laurel. Okay, let's
4: try it one more time for Chuck. Laurel.
1: Donut. Laurel. <laughs> <laughs> donut. Okay, now Laurel. that time
0: that time I heard Laurel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you heard
4: Laurel and Donut. So What's
0: the correct answer? The first time around, we were just throwing Donut into your ear. Okay, see you. uh,
1: Oh my God! You know, that was so great. You know, it's for fantastic. a great
3: prankster and a crazy guy, he's easy to dupe, isn't he? Oh they yeah, have, yeah. They have a hard time. There was the they one easy time
0: set. <laughs> there, there was the one that? years ago where <laughs> they had him reading a because uh, T-Mobile was doing their yeah. their Fave Fives yeah. thing, and he was he was reading a promo for T-Mobile, oh, and he yeah. goes, "Hi, this is Charles Barkley. Check out. I hope you're enjoying the playoffs on on TNT. Check out my my T-Mobile Fave Fives. I'm a dumbass. (laughs) Somebody had put I'm a dumbass in the middle, at the end of the teleprompter. So he He went burgundy on it. And he just rolled with it. It
1: Fantastic. Oh, that's great.
3: We'll be
0: back. What's your uh, Friday feel-good thought for the week, Manny? I uh, debated doing this, but I'm going to go right ahead and say it, and it makes me feel good. George Zimmerman, this is from the uh, Associated Press, George Zimmerman tells the court he is 2.5 million in debt and has no income.
3: Oh, the uh, shooter, right? Yeah. The, uh, yep. So yeah.
0: that's my feel-good thought. That's for good. That. He should
3: he should be in jail. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, That's
0: okay. What do you got
3: there, man? Uh, my feel-good thought
1: is my guy Manny found this soundbite.
0: Hey, this is Charles Barkley. I hope you enjoyed the NBA playoffs on TNT, and I hope you have enjoyed my T-Mobile Fade Five list. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, God bless you, Charles. My Friday feel good thought of the week is that it's summer and there's stuff to do. Yeah, you don't have yes. to sit in the house. Uh, whether you've got two days off, three days off, you can go do something. You go watch town team clad, downtown ball classic. You go watch town ball all over. You can- there's stuff to do. You don't have to sit in the house in this godforsaken frozen wasteland
0: <laughs> that's a hellhole
3: for seven months a year. It's fantastic. I don't even hate my pool on a weekend like this. I'll I'll, I'll hate it before the summer's over. (laughs) Thank you, Beach Boys. Thank you, Janet Dean. And thank you, gentlemen. We'll uh, do this next Tuesday.